0: Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast, featuring Rev. Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org, or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now, here is Rev. Dahlia Adams. Welcome again to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center my name is Reverend Dalia Adams I'm honored to be here with you today in this moment today we're talking about courage and being courageous and what prompted that is a, a class that I've been involved with an abundance class in our last unit was about courage and being courageous and I realized that it would be very appropriate to talk about that in the series we've been doing. We've been looking at the Great Mystery, which is sometimes used as another name for the Divine Presence, for God. And we've been talking about our oneness with God and the creative power that moves through us, the capacity we have to create our worlds through our consciousness, through our beliefs, through our faith, through the thoughts we hold in mind, through the words we speak, the choices we make. And in our class, what we talked about is to really do this, to really claim that divine power that moves through us and to act on it really takes courage because it often pulls us into the unknown. And the unknown by definition is that situation, that consciousness, that circumstance, that location that we end up being in a big I don't know. So there's a, a an infinite amount of trust, faith, courage involved in this creative process in this process of being all that we are called to be. On the internet, on Google, in the dictionaries, there are given synonyms for courage. And I pulled the ones that felt most relevant, the ones I liked the best. And the first is fearlessness. Courage is fearlessness, and that's true and not true at the same time. Sometimes when we watch people who are courageous, they look fearless. And sometimes they are, but sometimes when you talk to people who are performing acts of courage, they'll say, no, I was really scared, but this was important, so I did it anyway. And so often courage comes up in that way that, there is fear, there's that hesitancy, there is that thought of who am I to try to do this? But whatever that thing we're trying to do, if it is important to us, if it lights up our hearts and, and inspires our minds and it is something that would make a big difference for ourselves, or for others around us, or for our planet, then sometimes that fear gets pushed back, and there is that choice to go forward anyway. So in a sense, fearlessness in those moments is not allowing the fear to rule what I decide and what I do. Another synonym for courage is daring. And again, I get a, a vision of someone moving boldly forward, or bravery, you know, there's someone in the face of danger going forward anyway, valor, heroism, heroism, a hero is that person who goes forward to right a wrong, to meet a challenge, and when the hero goes forward in all the stories with heroes, the hero returns, changed because of the challenges that are overcome, the difficulties that are conquered. But not only is the hero changed, but the world is changed in some sort of way. Spirit was a synonym for courage, and I like that because I believe that all courage is of God, comes from that spirit of God that lives and moves through us. But it's hard to grasp what courage is. It's, it's one of those words like love that no matter how good you are at trying to capture it, you never fully capture what it means. I like what Maya Angelou said. She said that the most important thing beyond discipline and creativity is daring to dare. So as we create our lives, we have to be disciplined. We have to show up. We have to do what needs to be done. We have to open our minds to inspiration and creativity. Otherwise, we just create the same old, same old. But my Angelou says the biggest and most important thing is this courage, the daring to dare, that willingness to go beyond our fears. So as we've been talking about using the creative power of our minds, a big piece of it is being willing to take that leap of faith. You know, once we have that creative vision, once we have the possibility that we want to reach for, a big part of it is then in trust and going forward because we don't know what we're going to meet one-way land after that first step. I, I learned about courage in, in my various phases of my life, way, way back when I was in high school, and people were putting entries into the yearbook. So many people were saying they wanted to travel. And I had grown up and still was very fear-bound. Safety was a huge value for me, and safety was in my room alone for the most part. So I didn't understand how anyone could be wanting to reach for travel. It's like, why put yourself in such danger, right? And then it turns out I've traveled quite a bit more than I ever imagined. And in fact, at a reunion, it turned out, except for one other person in my Plus, I had traveled the most. And what happened for me is I went on a trip. It was a trip to Europe with a friend. This was while she and I were both in college. We were in high school together. And we went on this trip. And in my mind, it was kind of like, well, I should do it once and get it over with. Because I still didn't get that. But on that trip, My mind opened up so much. I had grown up being taught one way of being, one way of thinking, one way of knowing what is right and wrong and what is best to do. And it's all good. I I mean, what I was taught is valuable and it works. But I had this notion, because I didn't know any better, that that was the one and only way to live life, the one and only right way to live life. And as I traveled from country to country, I watched people living differently, thinking differently, being happy, being successful according to their their definition of what success was. And it hit me really, really hard that I had learned a narrow sliver of what life was about. This made such a huge impression, this knowing experientially that there was so much more to life than I ever imagined, that a hunger woke up inside of me to know more, to learn more, to discover more because I knew that as I did that, there would be something within me that would grow and become, and it became a calling, and I wanted that. But it meant daring to dare. It meant showing up places that I didn't have everything down pat in terms of how to control Situations It meant showing up places where I didn't know the language, I didn't know the customs, daring to dare. And then it led to my willingness to go to Europe and work in what I thought was my chosen career as a research scientist. So that experience taught me that's not what I wanted to be. But I treasure that experience and that ability to step out in faith that I would be okay. I had never gone to a foreign country to work before. And on and on I could tell story after story after that. But it's that willingness to dare to dare and to open up to possibilities. And it really does take courage because it really can be scary. In the moment Madeline Lengel I don't know much about her except that she's an author and when I was a young teenager I read a book that she wrote maybe I was an older teenager but I was young one way or the other I read a book called wrinkle in time and in that book she described Parts of our cells, an organelle called mitochondria, it's a little structure inside our cells that processes the energy for our cells. Without the mitochondria, each cell would die. It's like the the power plant for the cells and therefore for us. And in her book, The Mitochondria, would sing in harmony with the stars. And I remember that image giving me, for the first time, a sense of the oneness of the universe, whether or not they're actually singing, but the idea that the energy of the mitochondria could align with the energy of the stars and somehow be one was the very first time it occurred to me that there is a oneness in the universe. So when I saw her quote, I paused to notice. And what she said is we have to be braver than we think we can be because God is constantly calling us to be more than we are. So our choices are to say, no way, go find somebody else. This calling that I'm feeling I'm going to ignore it because it's too scary. Or to say yes to that which we're being called to do. And to have courage to do it. And that thing that is calling us doesn't have to be a move across the world, it doesn't have to be a career change. It can be bringing a new dog into our lives and all of the unknowns that go with that. But if we say no to those unknowns, we say no to the joy and the love that is being offered with it. So to be all that God is calling us to be, we have to have courage. We have to be brave. There is a story that I've heard Several times, and I'd love to tell it right now because it fits really well. What reminded me of the story is that Dennis Merritt Jones included it in his book, The Art of Abundance. So, the way I'm telling the story today is based on the version that he included. So, once upon a time, once upon a time, there was a little fish named Angel. And so, if you have a visual, you can see Angel right now. But once upon a time, Angel was part of a school of fish. And this school of fish lived in the shallow, warm, clear waters of a secluded blue lagoon. And you may have seen a lagoon in the movies or in real life. Lagoon waters are very calm and still. Oftentimes it's clear water and you can see to the bottom. The lagoon is usually encircled by rocks or reef, preventing the crashing waves from coming in, softening the storms that come through. So these fish lived in a very safe and wonderful place. And the story goes that each and every one of these fish was hatched and lived in the lagoon pretty much their entire lives. And so they remained for most or all of their lives separated from the sea and all the challenges of being out in the open ocean. In fact, Many, many of these fish were afraid to venture out past the safety of the lagoon. Most of them were too afraid to swim, to swim past the reef. And then there were stories. You know how we we allow the stories we've learned, the stories we tell ourselves to keep us in chains and to prevent us from doing things we might be called to do, the stories of I'm not good enough or the stories of I don't have enough training for this or the stories of my schedule would never allow me to participate in this or the stories of, well, what if I try it and I fail? What will people think? Well, the fish had their own stories and these stories were passed down from one generation to another, and a lot of them were about the horrors out in that infinite ocean. The stories were about fish that went out into that ocean and never came back, and of course the reason had to be because they were killed or tormented or somehow caught up in the horrors of the deep. We do that. We have those stories, just like those fish. And some of our stories are passed down from generation to generation, too. My grandmother told me lots of stories that I have gladly rejected at this point. Um, She, in God Love Her, was thinking she was preparing me for the worst so that I would not get blindsided. But at age five, it was pretty darn scary. But here we go. So the story continues that there were mysteries. The stories that the fish heard was that there were mysteries hidden in the unknown depths of the great infinite ocean. On the other hand, the lagoon was familiar. It was comfortable. It was safe. So leaving the lagoon was tough to do. I mean, why leave a beautiful, safe, and comfortable home, right? But the little fish, the young fish knew that they would grow up, and at some point they would have to decide whether they stayed in the lagoon or if they answered the call of the infinite ocean. They would talk about it when they went to school. They would discuss pros and cons, but they knew that day was coming. And then in school, as they were bringing their studies to a completion, they were given two assignments. The first was to discover the secret to life, and the second was to create a life of purpose and of meaning. And they were told that the answers to both of those challenges were hidden in the boundless depths and the uncertain waters of the great infinite ocean. So then the choice becomes comfort, safety, familiarity, and I never get to know the secret of life. Or I venture out there, I swallow my fears. And I might get to know what the secret to life is. And I may end up creating a life of meaning and purpose. Tough choice. Think about the times when you've been faced with this choice. And I'm sure every one of you has. Here is an opportunity that might bring amazing gifts. Or not. Because there's always the or not, right? And then there's a safe, comfortable, familiar, predictable. We choose safe, comfortable, predictable, familiar much of the time. And that's okay. I mean, part, our, all of our lives can't be one heroic adventure after another. We need to balance. We need resting space. We need inner quiet at times. But if we say no to the uncertainty each and every time. And we are cutting ourselves off from potentially knowing the secret to life. So one day, all of these little fish together swam out together beyond the reef into the deep waters. They were on a mission. They were searching for the secret to life. But there they were in the great infinite ocean. And pretty soon it was darn clear there were no limits here. There were no safe boundary walls. This ocean went on and on and on in every direction, including down. <sighs> and then the stories, the st- you know those stories? The stories about the deep started filling their heads again. And they lingered, these stories lingered, and they grew in their minds. And then they started perseverating around those stories. You know when a story goes round and round and round and round in your head and pretty soon it's bigger than you are? That's what happened to the fish. And they became afraid, just like we do when we let those stories go rampant. And So what did they do? They gave up. That's what you have to do when you're facing insurmountable dangers because that's what those stories gave them and they swam back to the shallow waters and they made it back they made it back to safety and they had gotten a glimpse of the great infinite oceans so it wasn't a total loss right but those stories those stories were like a leash pulling them back one fish, and this is the one I introduced in the beginning. Her name was Angel. Stayed to explore the mystery, the mystery that was found in those deep waters. In her heart, Angel felt this calling to learn the secret to life. And the calling was strong enough. It was important enough that she went past her fears. She claimed her courage. And she swam in the waters. And as she did that, she learned. She learned how to swim with the currents against, instead of against them. She learned that she could come up closer to the surface if the waters were getting too dark or too scary. She learned that she could find places of safety in the coral reefs. She learned how to navigate this strange and unfamiliar world. And as she did that, she learned that there was a part of her that felt very at home in this ocean, that felt very inspired by this ocean, felt very much embraced by the waters of the ocean. And she learned the secret to life. However, back in the lagoon, the fish were worried about Angel. They were not thinking, she's out there discovering amazing truths. And she is filled with joy as she explores this ocean. No, 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 no. Those stories that pulled them back to the lagoon were the stories they told about Angel. They were just plain old afraid that she had become a victim of the deep. But then one day, Angel came back. She came back to the lagoon because she wanted to share the secret to life that she had learned. And the secret that she had discovered was, I am one with the great infinite ocean. I am filled with its essence. And she looked at the other fish, and she said, and so are you. So her message was, even though it looks scary in the beginning, as you enter into it, you come to know that you are one with those beautiful waters. You are one with that energy and the life of the waters. And it is through moving with those currents and opening up to discovery that you discover that secret to life, that joy of oneness that she came to know. She told them how they were all one with the ocean, and that the ocean was that that which provided for their every need. The ocean was the source, the source of all that they needed. So that's the short version of Angel's Adventure and Discovery. Her life was very meaningful and purposeful as she opened to learning more and more, and she kept sharing what she learned with the other fish. And she found great joy in both the discovery and the sharing. And it all was hinged or was grounded in knowing Her oneness with the great infinite ocean. And so it is in our lives, as we go through our lives, as we move more deeply into our spiritual awareness, we come to know more and more that the God that we've been reaching for is the God that dwells within us, enfolds us, is everywhere present, that we are never. Separate from that God and the things that scare us, we can handle as long as we remember that power and presence that is always there, that power and presence of God. So she told them, Angel told them that in the mystery of the deep waters, there was freedom. She told them that in the great infinite ocean, they were free to be all that they wanted to be, free to be all that they were called to be. So when we live in the secret of our own lives, that secret that we are one with God, we are never separate from God, we become free to take those leaps of faith, We become free to be all that we are called to be. That's the heart of courage, knowing that, knowing that presence that is there for us in all circumstances. Swami Vivekananda was a teacher of Myrtle and Charles Fillmore, and he influenced their thinking. He was a teacher of um, of a very liberal form of Hinduism called Vedanta. And he taught that oneness is the secret to everything. So it's that same secret of life that Little Angel discovered. Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, wrote, God is the only presence in the universe and is the only power. God is in through and around all creation as its life and as its sustaining power. We say this at Unity Churches or most Unity Churches every Sunday. We, we say in affirmation, there is only one presence and one power in the universe, God, the good. That's a paraphrase of what Charles Fillmore wrote. So ultimately, the secret to our lives and the secret to angels' life are one and the same. And it is through this that we all find our courage. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.